<laughs> All right, we're in the intro. Wake up, Luke. Why are you falling asleep over there? I want to take a nap. <laughs> it's time to do a podcast. Wake the fuck up. Oh, we're doing a podcast? <laughs> we're, we're doing a podcast right now. We're live. Oh, shit. Okay, well, hi, guys. <laughs> Welcome to the pod this week. Luke is sleepy, but we're not going to put you to sleep. We're going to have a good fucking time, right? We are. It's those midday fixtures that come with midday beers that have. I think it was the really caught <laughs> Listen, Luke is a seventy-five-year-old man. So hey, no, I'm like a sixty-seven-year-old man, not seventy-five. Come on, listen, you're splitting hairs there, dude. That seems a bit unfair. All right, what are we going to talk about this week, Luke? We are going to talk about some free hit teams for this matchup which will also include some transfers that will work for managers that are not free hitting. So I think by going through our free hit teams that we would make for this week, it'll kind of spotlight some of those players that could be those kind of like diamonds in the rough kind of transfers. That would be great for managers out there. Yeah. I think that sounds like something our listeners would be interested in. I think so. Yeah. Um, Do we want to, I mean, so I think it's important to note that we're filming this right after the Manchester City domination of Real Madrid, which was yeah. an amazing performance. Just it was so as exciting I said, to watch. Domination is the perfect way to explain it. Pep's mm-hmm. team went out there and they utterly just. I don't even think they Real tore Madrid Real apart. This is this is an important note to make. I don't think Real even capitulated in any way. I just think City were so inherently good and dominant. There was nothing Real could do. I mean, so there was one moment in the first half when Vinny Jr. went on a run, and he, you thought he was clear through on goal on that left side because he was like, oh, shit, he's going to beat Kyle Walker. And then Kyle Walker comes out of, I mean, not nowhere, but like he just, I think, really surprised Vinny in that moment when he caught up to him. And honestly, that was probably like one of their biggest chances. And it didn't even result in a shot on goal. I yeah. mean, there was the Kreuz off the bar. But I mean, even that, like, I think I think Ederson was there. Like, there there weren't any big real chances, which, thank the Lord, right? Yeah, which is, you know, it's, I think from the two of us, we did prefer to see City move on. Absolutely. Um, and that was the result that came from this match. You know, I... I think stylistically city can be a lot of fun to watch this final that's coming up between them and enter will be very intriguing just to see the way in which enter try to approach breaking down the machine that city is. I mean, did you see the stat? Luke? I think we kind of talked about it. I think somebody sent it in our little group chat for our, our, our soccer FPL group that what is it real? had the ball like, one touch per minute in the first like 15 minutes yeah there's like one pass per minute like that's pretty crazy kind of like that's that's insane possession and like there was this game probably could have been like maybe like five nil like six nil Mm -hmm. if courtois wasn't like awesome in a couple moments he that save he made on holland yeah, the on fingertip the, save. the yeah, the ball that was played black back across the box on a header, and then he went back to his right in order to get a palm on it. Was mm-hmm. I don't think there's anyone else yeah. professionally that's going to save that. It was it's it was a, a testament to it was absolutely great. It's save. a testament to his reflexes, Listen. but at the same time, his ability to just he's just a massive person. <laughs> like, how dare you doubt Matty T? That for sure would have been saved by Matty T. 
Yeah. Don't, don't yeah. you doubt this, man. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not. I'm saying Courtois is a breed to himself. He's an incredible yeah. keeper with great yeah. reflexes. And I mean, no, he he he, he played very well. He's exceptional. Even if he gave up what three goals, four I think goals, so. yeah, whatever the total was. I mean, he he still played four. very well for the goals, the amount yeah. of goals he gave up. It was four because Silva had two. There was an own goal, and then um, Alvarez got, scored. Yeah, it then it could have got ugly a lot faster than what it was. Yeah. Speaking but of I Alvarez, mean, he might be someone we highlight in this podcast. I mean, but he's he's in Paul and Maya Fields team, so <laughs> that is a good point. So, so how okay. about we take a short little break and then we'll dive right into some transfers that will be good for FPL managers out there, and also what a free hit team for this week would look like. Yeah, I think um, also within the podcast we're going to talk about um, some big news on the USMNT frontier. Very very big news. But and perhaps um, perhaps we will argue that it's not quite as big as some people think. We'll see. A little okay. click, click, click bait there. Okay. After the break, we'll be back. So I'm thinking, Luke, I want to debut a song on our podcast. Have you started it? What do you think? No. I don't think you have started it. <laughs> no, well, look, it's rolling. No, it's not. It's not moving. <laughs> yes, look, why's that red, you motherfucker? Okay, I see it now. <laughs> You're not. You don't listen to me. What is your song that you want to debut? I don't know. Just the songs, you know. Wait, wait, wait. Are we just using the podcast as a promotional <laughs> vehicle for your music? Because nope. that's not going to happen. I'm nope. sorry. No. Never. Nope. I'm shooting that. Why not? Executive producer shooting that one down. Okay, Luke does not executive produce my music, so... Co-executive producer. <laughs> Shut the... No way. You're not involved with that. All right, whatever. We want to talk about free hit teams now, right? Yeah, we do. All right. You just dive into it, Luke, since you have control of everything. Go ahead. Thank sir. you, sir. Assistant to the executive <laughs> producer. Listen, Luke. <laughs> oh, man, that's good. Okay, all right. Let's drop that. You're going to regret so that one later. What I'm thinking is that for my team, I still have a free hit readily available that I need to use. So mm-hmm. there's two game weeks left. And the way I see this is that if I think 37 is my best opportunity to use it because we have double game weeks. Yeah. I could go in opposite direction and wait till the very last week because I'll know who's playing, who needs to get points out of matches. And that's a great way to free hit, I think, right? Because there's so much invested in that last round, that last fixture. Yes. That I could gain a lot from that. So this is the theoretical team that I would use if I choose to use my free hit for this upcoming game week. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. Let's hear it. And so the team that I have built so far, it consists of Jason Still in goal, Pedro Poro as a defender. Um, and I will say the other goalkeeper is just as cheap as I can possibly get for the goalkeeper. So it would be um, like someone like, I don't know, Ves- no, that's defender, sorry. Um, as a goalkeeper, it would be someone like Matt Turner, which I'd love to have him in my team, you know. So wait, wait, USA wait, baby, real quick, yeah, no, go baby Eagles. You're solely banking on them getting a clean sheet against Southampton, then. 
because they're honestly the odds of Brighton getting a clean sheet against City are uh, extremely low. So I would argue that in the second fixture of game week 37, City have a lot less to play for as opposed to Brighton. I think Brighton are going to come into that matchup. They are playing. It is in Brighton. It'll be on the South Coast. I think at that point, City will probably have the title wrapped up because do we really expect Chelsea to put up any resistance? Dude, we talked about this on the podcast last week. I really think that could be a trap game for City. We'll see. If you saw that performance that Chelsea, not Chelsea, God, my brain's everywhere. That City City just put in. They looked utterly dominant. But literally, Luke, in the biggest match of their season, literally the biggest match of their season against a real team that was not up for it. I think they I were guess, up for it. I just think City no. were so much better. I, I I mean, I'm not discrediting what City did at all. I'm really not. But the fact that, I mean, like, like there's a certain level that City had to get to to be so, so great in that game. And they were awesome. Probably one of their best performances ever. There's going to be at least some of a drop-off against Chelsea. I agree with you. It is a trap game. See what I'm saying? Like It's it's a a trap game. There's a possibility. Let's acknowledge it's a trap game. I don't think City succumb to the trap. I think they'll Mm -hmm. be readily available, go out there and put in a great performance. That's how how I see it playing out. But um, So let me just kind of restate Yeah, go through through your team. Sorry, Um, I think I'm bad. No, you're good. You're good. Okay, so let's just say my goalkeeper, right? Jason Still, and then accompanying him, I have Matt Turner. Matt Turner will not see the field. That's fine. So be, actually, there's a possibility he might. Maybe later on. And if at they, this point, would Arsenal are not going to be knocked out of Champions League? Maybe they roll the dice and just say, let's give him a couple minutes in the Premier League. I, I think if we see a Matty T start, it's going to be one of the last two games of the season. Probably not this one. Probably yeah. not this one, but maybe the last game of the season, I'd say. Yeah. Yeah. No, that I get that. Hopefully um, so. You never know, honestly. It, it's very possible. So, okay. So, my team, right? I have Jason Still in goal. He will be my starter. I would have Matt Turner as well, just for the low price point that he has and, you know, fill out the spot. So, along with that, I would have four defenders that are really competing for three spots. I would have Pedro Poro. They play Brentford at home without Tony, who who knows the next time we'll see a football pitch after the ban that came out today. I think 2024. Right. Okay, this is also a question that I had as well. Why do they just set a time on it? I feel like it should be a match ban, or the ban should go in effect at the start of next season because he... They release this ban, and then a fair amount of that time constitutes the entire summer break. Yeah, I don't know. You know, I don't know the underlying mechanisms that roll how they release these judgments, uh, but that yeah. just seems weird to me. Like, this investigation was started months ago. Yeah, dude, I'd, honestly, I, just, I don't know enough to tell you. I don't have an answer. And the thing, too, is whenever it, it initially came out months ago, we thought the ruling was going to come out pretty soon. So mm-hmm. it just it feels a little suspect to me. Maybe I don't know. Maybe they're ruling somewhat in favor of Tony by putting this out now. I don't Who know. knows? I mean, you, honestly, you would have thought that it would have came down probably like well, like a month, a month half ago, right? Something like that. But also, along with that, he is going to miss about twenty matches or so. So 
That's a lot of time for him to be gone. Brentford, honestly, that's gonna Brentford's gonna have to buy a new striker. They will. They're gonna have to learn to play without him because he is so important to their set piece routines, how they play the ball long. Everything about how they play is structured around him. Yeah. So it's I mean, gonna be difficult had, for them. He's had a really good year. I mean, he's he honestly he shout out Kyle, but he has had a great year for Kyle. Kyle got a ton of points off him while nobody else in our league was on him. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he did. Definitely. He's helped a lot of FPL owners out there. Definitely a good shout out there. Um, it's a good bet on him, you know? Ha ha ha. Ha ha, what a dad. So speculative of you to say that. <laughs> All right, okay. We should put so some money on that. Let's go. No, no. We, As we can see with Tony, that never goes well. <laughs> Maybe he made a lot of money from those bets, though. They did find him 50,000 pounds. And he said, okay, I see your bet. I raised you one. <laughs> this is like when the SEC finds somebody and they're like, hey, you made $20 billion. We're going to find you $1 million. Yeah. It's the it same does. kind of shit. All right, go ahead, Luke. Finish your team out. All right. All right. Okay. This for 15 With the minutes. goalkeepers, let's go back to defenders. So I have three defenders who are really – I have four defenders that are really competing for three spots. And those four defenders are Pedro Porro with Brentford at home, Luke Shaw who has a really nice matchup with Bournemouth away and then Chelsea at home and then a Kanji with Chelsea at home, Brighton away and then Trent with just Villa. So just a single game week looking at it. I feel like what I would probably do is go with Luke Shaw, a Kanji and Trent. A Kanji was not my initial pick purely because I felt like stones is probably the most preferable defensive uh, minded player in city, but other people in my league have them. So I'm kind of trying to work around that at the end of this. Yeah. Um, so Paul, would you have any advice out of those four players? Who would you pick? I mean, I would for sure go Shaw and a Kanji. And then after that, I think you're kind of, you're kind of stuck right there, you know? Yeah. I, it's a really tough decision. I, I don't, I can't even tell you which way I'd lean. And also the difficult thing about this, too, is that we have a fourth team doubling, but no one wants any of their assets. Chelsea, what is the reason in having a Chelsea Are you kidding asset? me? I have three Chelsea assets in my free, free hit team. <laughs> that explains your overall rank. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I do not. I'm not that dumb. Jesus, Luke, that's so mean to say to me. I know. You have an FPL podcast that you're on, so I, I completely trust you don't have three Chelsea assets. <laughs> All right, let's go to the midfield. We have so, two. <laughs> I'm sure you do. So I would be playing a 3-4-3 three, three in my midfield. I know I want to have Matoma, Gundo, perhaps. That could change. Rashford, and then Bruno Fernandes. I think Anthony is a lot better of a differential mm-hmm. opportunity. I don't like the Rashford pick. I think you're going to be lucky to get one game out of him in the double. I don't know. If he's in full training, I don't feel too bad about that. And these are matches that United really need to win. And they have three, well, technically four, with the um, what FA Cup final. With yeah. that one, they have four left. But with three, I think they can try to manage his minutes enough to where he gets at least 60 minutes in all three of those. So this is something where anybody that owns Rashford, you're looking to own Rashford, monitor it up to the deadline. Mm-hmm. Or at least at least until press conferences come out the day before. Just keep a close eye on it because who knows? Like Luke could be right or I could be right. But Ten Hog will probably give us more information than the day before. So just keep an eye out. 
Yeah, that's a good point. So those four midfielders would be what I'd be looking at. And then after that, the three forwards that I think I want to have in my team are Holland, of course. Probably be getting the captaincy. I see a, you know, if he gets a full 70, 90 minutes against Chelsea at home with the Etihad, you know, full celebration, he could easily get a hat trick. You know, I, yeah. I just, I think it's very possible. So he will definitely be my team. And then I'm going to bring in Enciso as well. I think he's he's starting to look a lot he's he's always looked comfortable but I think he's settling in the flow of Brighton. I I thought I'm thinking about Ferguson as well. So that those two could interchange. I easily lean more towards Ferguson there. I honestly there's something about Nciso where I I just feel like he's still so young and I don't think he's making the right choices in the attack and yeah, he scored what like he scored last week against Arsenal. He scored two goals. He he scored that one. It was the header, right? He scored the header that yeah, Stupian played to him. And then he also scored the goal against Chelsea. But I mean, I mean, he's in decent positions. But I mean, he scroll, scored an absolute worldie to get his first goal, which good for him. But I don't think that's happening every week. And then he scored that goal against against Arsenal that like the ball just bounced him in the right place. Like I, I don't see him as a viable FPL asset right now. That's, that's just me assessment. though. That's just me though. And that I mean that. I don't know his un- his underlying numbers are really what's going to be ma- that will determine how I end up making my mind. Um, let me I can do a quick analysis right here, real fast. But while I'm doing that, so the third forward that I'm looking at is um, just bringing in Wilson as well because they have Lester at home. That yeah. is also a must win for um, for United as well. So. As long as they get the win, I think that Wilson is, you know, he's probably going to get points out of that matchup, right? Because Leicester just yeah. looked utterly abysmal. Yeah, just, I would I would bet on them going down. Yeah. So would, seems... so would Ivan Tony. <laughs> <laughs> kidding me? He's going to make a fortune off of that. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead. What are you saying? What are you doing? My microphone fell for a second there. You know, a little on, technical difficulty. Together. All right, Luke, we've talked about your free hit team now for like 25 minutes. Okay, no, no, no. Okay, this is like, important make, to note. Please Think make your this. point and we're moving on. My point being, Enciso has better underlying minutes than Ferguson. The only area that Ferguson looks better is in, actually, I mean, goals per 90 minutes. That's it. Everything else, shots per 90, assists per 90, Goals per I'm expected goals per ninety, and Ciso's his underlying stats are better, so I might just go with Ciso on this, and he's go a mega it. differential too. So um, that's my free hit team. Fifty hours later, <laughs> Jesus fuck. All right, so um, I'm gonna keep mine really short, and if you're free hitting this week, get City assets, get United assets, get Brighton assets, and run with it. It's simple. And then fill out teams from whoever. Honestly, look for differentials in there. I think uh, don't. I would for sure include Trent. Any team you have, his numbers have been great lately. And, I mean, their matchup this week, I mean, they're playing Villa. But, I mean, if we look at Villa, I I think there's going to be chances for Trent to get assists, to get goals. It's possible out there. So keep him in there and then get those other three teams' assets. And that's honestly 
that's my advice for this week. That's good advice. I, so a quick question for you. Do you think you would prioritize, say, Jason Still, or would you prioritize a Stupinen? We know a Stupinen is currently on 17 points with a match left to go. So who is the clear winner there? Uh, I mean, so if we look at who they're playing next week, we have Southampton, Southampton and then City. So if we, if you cut it a certain way, you see Jason Steele, the only way he's really getting you points, which, I mean, possibly, I mean, his ball distribution is really good. So there's a chance he could get you bonus points or maybe an assist in a wild world. Maybe that's possible. But if you look at a Stupian, he had that 17-pointer where he had a, he had a goal and an assist. Like, if we're going to cut it either way, I'm leaning towards the Stupian because he has mm-hmm. the option to get goals and an assist. And, yes, I'm not ruling out the Steel can get an assist because I think he already had an assist this year. Yeah, I remember he assisted Matoma. Yeah, he already has one assist this year. But the odds and the numbers would say that the Stupian has a higher chance, so I would for sure say the Stupian. That, I honestly, after looking, I agree. I think I would change maybe, like, Ederson in goal and then... Um, bring on a stupid in for a defender. That honestly makes my decision a lot easier. Yeah, I mean, it just it just makes more sense realistically if you if you really analyze it. You know, it does. It does. Maybe that's really risky. I'm thinking now maybe about instead of Rashford going Anthony because his underlying numbers were really good last week. Yeah, I mean that's. Um... I I think Anthony is has a higher chance of playing both games, so yeah, it's something to consider. Well, like anything else you want to add to this little um, free hit segment, and then we'll move on to a little uh, USMNT. No, I don't think I have anything else. I think from an FPL manager perspective, if you are looking for those rank gains and trying to make up ground on you know mini league competitors overall rank. Mm-hmm. Now's the time to go for some differential options, and there are some really good picks out there. Yeah. Um, like, and CISO, for one, I think is really great. And then Anthony's a really good shout. Maybe even someone like Lindelof from Man United. Um, Juan Basaka is someone interesting. Yeah. Um, Dello would be, but he's not even in the team sheet right now. So, yeah, you know. that's an asset to avoid. And then one last one, perhaps, is to look at Ortega. Man City's keeper, I think he, as long as City win and secure the title, he'll definitely get the start against Brighton, I feel like. So, um, someone to think about. Yeah, a yeah. little low-budget low asset right there. I think so, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, well, Luke, um, we'll be back in a minute, right? Yep, sounds great. All right. Oh, well, one last thing, one last thing before we go. Um, anybody out there, FPL users, use all your chips. Like I said last week, Use them all. Make sure you do everything you can because they're going to be wasted if not. Because use them or lose them. <laughs> there we go. You heard it from Luke. Ha, ha, ha. All right. It's time. For what? It's baby eagle time, Luke. Ka-ka. So if That sounds been... like a seagull. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe I'm a part break fan. I don't know. <laughs> trying to figure that out. But we'll so we have had a massive week as USMNT fans, and there has not been a single game played by the USMNT this week. So why is that, Luke? What's going I on? I don't know. I 
I don't pay attention to U.S. stuff as much as you do. You need to tell me. You want me to tell you? Okay. So we just had the biggest dual national commitment in U.S. soccer history, and that's saying a lot considering our history the last four years. Ricardo Pepe said, please, please don't forget about me. And you know what? We're not going to because we have an open mind in this podcast, right, Luke? Yes, we do. We are open to all ideologies, religions, races, creeds, anything you can think of. If you can score goals, we have no problem with you. Correct. Correct, correct, correct. So if you've been living under a rock, we just, the U.S. just, it was announced earlier this week that Florian Balogun committed to play for the U.S. over England and Nigeria. And to some people, this is like, oh, that's, um, I guess, kind of cool. I guess it's not that big of a deal. But when we look at it, he he scored 19 goals this year in League Une. And he is currently on on loan from Arsenal to, um, who is it, to Reims. Probably said that wrong. Probably said it wrong. My French heritage is letting me down. Yeah, but boo. this this is a massive deal for the U.S. because him, the best version of Balogun playing striker for the U.S. just raises the ceiling of this team so high, and it 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 really will allow us to play a different way where we're gonna have it like this is gonna be a constant threat to teams whenever we're playing like like I mean just imagine like we have Gio Reyna we have. Honestly, someone I think start Luca Dele Torre. We have Weston McKinney, people that can really like play good balls behind defenses, and he's just gonna stretch teams so much far. And if you think about it, that gives Pulisic so much more room to cook. It gives Wea or Reyna, whoever you want on the right, it gives everybody so much more space. So it, honestly, it's so exciting to me, Luke. Yeah, I completely agree. the The thing about this too that is important from a U.S. perspective. Whenever you bring in a player of this caliber who clearly everyone in the squad, everyone competing for a spot in the squad is going to know about, I think this also works to raise their level accordingly, yeah. right? So people like Ricardo Pepe, Josh, Sar- Josh Sargent, Haji Wright, who's kind of on the fringe now, all of these players know that they have to take another step up, whether that is in how they train, how they're dieting, all of these things, they have to increase their level in order to have that shot that they previously did have, right? So I think maybe Balagoon's not our striker in 2026. It's possible that he's not. And if we're better, he's one of the major reasons why we could be better. Yeah. You know, It's, it's, it's an interesting way to look at it, but all in all, I'm just very excited to see him play with our baby Eagles. I think that, um, the way in which he can offer different skill sets that we haven't had yet is really going to work well with Pulisic on the left, Weya or Aronson on the right, you know, whoever it may be. And then hopefully Gio just tucking underneath, playing him yeah. through and having someone that can finish up top in a clinical manner in one of the top leagues in Europe is going to be a huge asset for for our team. You know, one of the main things that pops in my head, Luke, when I think about this is the game in World Cup qualifying when Gio plays that ball back across, and then who it was um, Pfock. It was Pfock that completely shanked that chance, and I'm not judging him for it. It happens, blah blah blah. But if we had Balogun in that situation, who actually, if you look at like his heat map where he scores goals, 
he is right around the six-yard box or a little bit out. He really doesn't score goals from outside of the box that much. And to me, that's one of those situations where, I mean, like, we have the ability to play balls into that area. And if we have somebody that can be clinical and a poacher, like, we're going to get goals out of it. Another that's interesting, what we, that's right. what we need. Yeah, but something else that I'm thinking about, too, is he is on loan to Rims, right? Yeah. Do we know where he's going to next, go next? I feel like I've seen... Um, I think League Un or... There were League Un sites and then maybe some Bundesliga sites while they were looking at him. Yeah. But, I mean, as of August 2022, his estimated transfer market value was a whopping 4 million pounds. Yeah. And over the past year, based upon his performance, end results, you know, just really contributing to his his squad, he's up to 25 million pounds. Yeah. So say we see him have another great season next year if he I doubt he's gonna stay at Arsenal. Wherever he ends up going, that next year, say that would be what, twenty twenty five, whenever he's going mm-hmm. to make that second transfer after this next first one, he could be going to a top, top club. Yeah. If his I mean, market value continues to accrue and you know build up the way it is. So like I'm kinda of looking at it this way, like, do you think Enketia or Balagoon is better? I cannot say, frankly. Because the levels are it's, so different. They are different, but I'm just I'm just posing the question that if you're Arsenal and you see your squad dip this year and there was noticeably a dip during the period Jesus was out and also when Jesus has come back, he has not been as good. Is it worth taking a shot on Balagoon to stay in your to be a starter for your team? I or don't is think a so. backup he may not be that level, but we're just asking the question. Most likely what I see happening is Arsenal going and saying, okay, let's get someone who is number nine that we can build off of for the next five to 10 years. Yeah. I mean, you have to remember Balgren is 21. So then from that point, you have Jesus as the depth as an exceptional backup striker and someone who can also play on the wing. Well, even, I mean, he could even play in somewhat of a utility player for a baseball term, almost like a cam attacking position. Yeah. You know? Yeah, because he just doesn't have the clinical nature. Well, I think that um, I, I I can say we're both super excited. Whether it's him becoming an elite level goal scorer in the world from a club level, and then transitioning that to the USMNT, but also about like Luke said earlier, raising the level of our other strikers. Because I mean, that's the best way. I mean, a high tide rises all boats, right? So hopefully, hopefully, I mean that this could push. Sergeant to make moves, a good force, force Pepe to make moves. I mean, Pepe's had a good year, but I mean, if he wants to start, he's gonna have to have to show his level, you know. Yeah, he certainly is, but at the same time, I think that cohesively, I think this is gonna be good for the team, right? Yeah. Um. So I, I'm excited to watch him play. It'll be great, you know. Maybe initially it's gonna be a little rough, but perhaps we get in a world-renowned manager. Um, maybe a French man who has a nice little connection to Balagoon be interesting. Possibly. Um, I don't know if I'm excited about Tyree Henry. I would love that. I think he'd be great for our development and the way he, the way I understand he wants to play, it would be free flowing. It would be fun to watch. We, we'd be on the front foot and I would we'll love see. to see that. We'll see. Yeah. Possibility. I don't, honestly, I don't know enough about his coaching style to really say yes or no, okay. but I think we should um, both roll out our starting 11s for okay. 
Let's, the June clash of USA Mexico. Uh, let's knock this out real quick. Okay. Um, I to, took too much first? time on the free hit team earlier. Yeah. That, so yep, let yep, me yep, yep. let me just roll it out there. Okay. So um, in goal, I have Matt Turner. Yes. Logically, left back Anthony Robinson. At center backs, I have Tim Ream. Considering that he's healthy, he's, he won't. He's not, he's not going to be back. But okay, um, then I think I would probably put the. Mm, I'd probably put Miles Robinson as a center back, mm-hmm. and then maybe Anthony Robinson as well. Anthony, no, Robinson sorry, sorry, my brain's blanking. Um, okay, the other center back, I'm really so not quite sure. Let me let me propose to you, mine, Luke. So I'm going to say you have Austin Trusty and Chris Richards starting in that game in June. Oh, I would have Chris Richards with Robinson. Sorry, my brain's everywhere. Okay. See, I'm I'm going to Austin Trusty just because I think he had he brings a different level that that Miles Robinson doesn't. Hmm. Interesting. We'll we'll come back to that. Let me wrap up my team real fast. Yeah, go ahead. Um then at right back I have Dest. I think this is a great opportunity for him to get game time, build momentum and hopefully, you know, over the summer he can work on his game. And get to a club that's a good fit for him. Ultimately, at this point, I think that's what we really want to see yep. is him in a situation where he's able to grow by playing on the pitch and not just sitting on the bench. So, Listen, we know this man can cook. He's just got to be in the right kitchen. Yeah. I mean, someone that's what that, it is. I mean, Brighton doesn't really have a true right back right now. I think that would be an amazing be fit, fit for him. It would be a great fit. Playing under Deserby would be incredible. Okay. Nevertheless. Keep going. Um, so in the midfield... I'm going to have McKinney, Geo playing a, an attacking cam role. And then I'm also going to have, uh, who's the DM? Oh, oh dude. I guess Acosta. Uh, I guess that's oh who my, I want to go you're with. You're hurting me so much right now. Uh, I mean, it would be interesting to play like, but Taylor Booth is in that role that oh. Geo is. Oh, my God. I don't know. You're you could play Aronson so there maybe a little bit. Listen, Tyler Adams should be healthy for this. Okay, if he's healthy, then I he want him be, to play. I, I'm understanding that he should be back. My assumption was that he's still injured. But if he's healthy, I want McKinney, Adams. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, my God. Look, I'm going to punch you in this podcast. I know Musa needs to be <laughs> I'm there. I'm going to punch you in the face. Okay, okay. Let's say Adams not healthy. We'll do McKinney, Musa, and then Gio is the cam. Right, and then on the left, Pulisic, Balogun up top, and then I think Way on the right. I think that's the starting eleven I would go with. Man, <laughs> you're pushing me today, Luke. You really are pushing me it after the free hit team, and then this a roller coaster. <laughs> All right, so I'm just gonna dive into my team. So I agree with Luke. Matt Turner is gonna start. Anthony Robinson is gonna be at left back, and then I have Austin Trusty, Chris Richards of healthy. If not, Miles Robinson. And then we have Joe Scally at right back. And then I'm going to have Luca Dele Torre, Adams, and then Gio up top, If considering all those people are healthy. And then we'll have Pulisic on the left, Balagoon on the r- up top, and then most likely Tim Weah on the right. But that one, honestly, I wouldn't hate to see Taylor Booth there. I Honestly, I'm not going to lie. I really wouldn't. I'd be okay with it if I saw if that if the lineup came out the day of, I'd be fine with it. Taylor, I don't think he plays as a right winger, Paul. Yeah, he does. Let me look it up. 
I'm, I'm pretty sure he does. But the, the idea is that I think Wea offers a lot, but he's been pay- playing out of positions whole year. And he just, I, I, I just don't see it right now. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. Um, okay. Well, apparently he has played as a right winger before. So yeah. I was wrong on that. I, was, I, I wasn't too and sure. I, I think he, like, so Wea, like, it, it depends on what you, what you want, really. I mean, so I mean, I think Gio Reyna and Taylor Booth are a really good combination together because they're both great ball players and they have, like, they have a level of interplay together that I don't think Wea and Reyna do have. Mm-hmm. Right. And to me, and also Taylor Booth's delivery on stuff, like, with Balagoon, like, we want somebody on that right wing that can really play balls and well to him. And I know I know Wea is, he's really good at, like, running on that right wing and firing in balls, but, like, I don't think it's from a clinical nature, you know? His pace, though, is just, it, that it's kind of electric. The his pace is kind of it's really electric for what we have in our squad, right? Pulisic is not quite that you know electric paced running behind, and Wea offers that on the right side that we yeah. we really miss, you know. So without him, I think you know that space in behind is something that's really hard to manipulate. Yeah, I mean, I, I would agree with you, but I mean, you know, we'll see. It's um it's an exciting time to be a USMNT fan. Now we just need to find a head coach that can guide our baby Eagles to the 2026 world cup. And I'm not, I'm not realistically, I'm not asking for the best manager in the world. I just want someone that's going to fit this team. Mm-hmm. Somebody that's going to let them play the way they want to play where we can be attacking, but also have defensive solidity. Like let's just, I, on, I, I don't think I know who that person really is, but I mean, at this point, I'm kind of out on Jesse Marsh being the USMNT coach because, I mean, I think it would be exciting, but we've seen the way his teams defend and all this stuff, and I realize that Leeds, he didn't have defenders, blah, 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 but, like, to me, it's almost too much on the front foot. Right, and maybe, perhaps, his time at Leeds has shown him that, that he needs to, you know, scale back his pressing system a little bit, and if he was able to do that, I still think it could be a good fit. Possibly, um, possibly. You even you had times where Tyler Adams in interviews was talking about how they were not solid enough in the back, and he felt like, you know, structurally and strategically is mainly where that stemmed from. Yeah, but I mean, if you're looking at Leeds season analytically, there's been a substantial drop off since Jesse Marsh left and Tyler Adams got hurt. So I mean, I think it's a mix of the two, but. I just, I just honestly at this point can't believe Leeds board. Like, you spend how much money, and then you fire the guy like a match later after he brings in the signings he wants. It makes zero sense. This isn't a podcast to defend Jesse Marsh, but if Leeds goes down, I mean, I, I think that's a direct correlation to why they go down. Yeah, if you look at their performances, it seems like they were building in the right direction, but he lost the fans. Yeah, and at that point, whenever you Too lose that fan base, you're done, right? Unless the board, the man, uh, upper, you know, boardroom, if they're not very, you know, very steadfast in what they believe in, yeah, they're gonna crumble under that situation because those yeah. Leeds fans are very, very persistent, strong-minded, and they're not gonna beat around the bush. They're gonna let you know what they think. Mm-hmm. So. You know, Jesse Marsh was the victim for that situation, I think. 
not that he's a victim, but yeah, um, no, 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 no. I understand the, what you're saying it was the fans was the, definitely put him in that position where he had to. He be was gone. kind of the scapegoat for that, and at this point, we'll see what happens with them. They don't stand a good chance of staying up. I opinion. don't think so, but you never know. We'll see. We'll see. But um, I think that um, we'll kind of wrap it. We. I hope everybody enjoyed the little USMNT segment. That's um, yeah, we hit on we a usually lot get of fired up about that. So a lot of different topics this week. Um, so really hope you guys enjoyed the podcast this week. We should hopefully be back. Um, I think probably maybe around this time next week is what we're thinking. Yeah, because we'll there'll see. be some midweek fixtures we want to talk about. If City end up winning the league, there's a possibility we might do the podcast on Sunday night. So yeah. be on the lookout for that. But we will tweet it out unless you all know ahead of time before we, yeah. we are releasing it. We'll kind of just blow with the wind a little bit. And yeah, see kind of what happens. what happens in the footballing world and yeah. go from there. Yeah, but go Baby Eagles. Yep, go Baby Eagles. Excited for this summer to see them all play. You know. Good luck for your remaining FPO weeks, everyone. Mm-hmm. Make those transfers wisely. And two weeks left. Try to enjoy it. Not much time left in the season. Yeah. All right. We'll see you next week, everybody. Bye, guys.